worship and offertory. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Every Nation Bahrain. I see new faces. Wow. Thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. I know it's hot outside. Um, I know that it's, it's, it's a dead time. I think they call this the dead time or, or the time to sleep. Just the time. But I'm so glad for you coming here today. Um, to those of you who are joining us for the first time, um, I want to introduce myself. My name is Mitch. Um, and, um, of course, I don't know where my wife is, but she did not left me. I'm sure she's just outside. And this is my daughter over here, Christelle. Right? Um, and I have a son, actually. He's 22 years or 23 years old, and he's in the Philippines right now. Now, if you're wondering, you know, why do I have a 23-year-old son? I got married when I was 12. Right? 12 years old. So that makes me... 21. <laughs> right? uh, anyway, before we move on to today's message, I just want to share to you um, what happened last Friday. Right? We had a wonderful event. It was a powerful event. It's the first event, actually, that has been um, spearheaded by right, and run by Every Nation Campus. And what's so amazing about this is that it's an every nation event. Can you imagine, right? Uh, we have um, we have eight, seven nations represented here. Right? We had seven nations represented. Um, people, um, there were guys from Africa. They're not here now, right? Sam, um, Reagan, right? They were with us that day. Um, Martin was there, of course. We also have uh, Bailey from the U.S. We had Saeed from Canada, right? We have um, Bahrainis, right? They, we, they were with us. Of course, Filipinos, and there were, who else was there? Um, eight nations. I'm sure it was eight nations, right? And, and it's so amazing how God is bringing to this church people, people from different nations. Actually, I'm so amazed at the, at the clothes that Claudia is wearing right now. I want that. I want that. <laughs> I really want that. Right? So thank you so And then, right, and what's another, what's so amazing is that while people are coming from different nations to the church, people are also intentional in doing one-to-ones. People are intentional in doing discipleship. And we have been, I mean, there have been groups of people who are doing one-to-ones from January, I think it started January, until now. Right? We have, um, and, and if you're not part of one-to-one yet, if you're not part of one-to-one yet, I encourage you to just ask the one who invited you and, and let's do one-to-one together. It's a great tool to know people from the church. Right? We get to know God and we get to know people from the church. In particular, I'd like to join this one-to-one over here. The one on the left side. And the reason I want to join is that Last time they were in Fuddruckers, right? And in and, and the words of Anthony, this is not a paid advertisement, right? Last this, this time they're in Sumo. I don't know where they will be next time, but I'd really, really like to join their one-to-ones, right? Now, today we are starting a two-week series entitled Generation Week, right? And um, I know people are millennials. So there's some millennials over here, some Generation Z over here. But I do believe that Generation X is the best generation. Right? That that's not what I said earlier, I know. But generate but actually in actuality, there is no better generation. Let me say that again. There's no 
better generation. And the reason why we are better is because we have been recipients of the grace of God. We have experienced God's mercy and we have experienced God's faithfulness. And it's because we have experienced that that we have this opportunity to pass on that message to the next generation. And that's why I'm so blessed when I see these one-to-one photos. Because I see that people are really intentional in helping the next generation grow in the Lord. Amazing. But accomplishing God's mission, I'll just speak honestly, is not an easy task. It's never an easy task. And reaching out to the next generation is not only tiring, it is oftentimes disappointing. (laughs) It is. So it is our prayer that in this series, it is our goal that in this series, we will find grace. We will find hope in the Lord. Because ministering, sharing the word of God, it depletes your energy apart from God. And the only way we can sustain this is if we tap on to the power that God has made available to us. And I believe that God is here. I really do believe that God is here. And He is inviting all of you, including me, to be part of this family that's growing, to be part of this family from every nation, to be part of this family from every generation. And He promises this. That as you reach out to the next generation, as you reach out to the people around you, He will supply your strength and will restore you into His kingdom. Amen? And with that, I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles with me to Isaiah chapter 40. And we'll be reading from verses 27 to 31. And um, with that, I'd like to invite you to stand up in reverence of the word. Why don't we read it all together? Verse 27. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known, says here, have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of of the earth? He does not faint nor grow weary, his understanding is unsearchable, he gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall fail and be weary, and young man shall be exhausted, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings of eagle, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not be faint. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the reading of your word. And Father, I pray, Father, that this preaching of your word will not just be an inspiration, but it will be formational, Lord. Father, teach us to step into your strength. Lord, help us, Lord God, get access to the power that you have been made, you have made available to us, Lord, so that we can disciple, Father, we can reach out to the next generation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may now have be seated. Now it's interesting, right? Again, who is the author? Isaiah. Interesting that the name Isaiah means salvation of the Lord. 
And, and Isaiah was actually sent to the nation of Israel because Israel was in sin and they were falling further and further away from God. They were falling further and further away from God. The problem with this is that despite Isaiah's warning, they did not listen. So I hope today, I know it's hard, I hope today that you stay awake and you listen. <laughs> Amen? Now, so verse actually in verses, chapters 1 to 39, these are Isaiah's warnings. And 40 onwards is a message of hope for the nation of Israel. And verse chapter uh, 39 ends with this. All right? Ends with, um, with this warning. Verse 5, 39 verse 5, it says here, Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and that which your fathers have stored up till this day shall be carried to Babylon. Right? It's the treasures that David and Solomon, you know, accumulated over the years. Those everything will be carried to Babylon. And it further says, nothing shall be left, says the Lord. The grandeur of Israel then was amazing. They were amazing. Right? In fact, in, for in, in the book of Samuel, uh, Samuel warned the king for having Babylonians come and see the, the treasures that's in the temple. Right? It was a warning. But it did not stop there. And it says here, and some of your own sons who will come from you, again, this is the inheritance, whom you will father shall be taken away and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. That means that some of the families will be erased from the nation because there will be no more sons to uh, no, pass on the family name, so to speak. Right? Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, the word of the Lord that you have spoken is good. So it says here that even if God is pronouncing judgment, you know, God is still good. Because the exile to Babylon is for the benefit of Israel and of the Gentiles, that's us. It's still good. God is good. For he thought that he will be peace and security in my day. Now after that, after this, after, after about 100 years, Babylon came. Right, took over Israel, plundered the nation, took his people, took the Israelites and brought them to Babylon. And there, they served the king. And, and I'm looking around, right? there's only two Bahrainis here. <laughs> right? There's only two Bahrainis here. All of us, for one reason or another, or maybe it's for a job, it's for a better future, or to take care of a grandchild, all of us right, have been so to speak, exiled in Bahrain. And imagine back then, imagine back then, you were dragged to Babylon. There was no hope waiting for you. It's good that when you come here, there's hope. There's a job waiting for you. But back then, you were dragged to Babylon. Imagine how would you would feel. And what the Israelites felt was, they felt that God had left them. They felt that God, the God that they serve is a small God and that the, the God of Babylon is more powerful. But in those years in exile, God was faithful to the nation of Israel. 
He provided for them. They built houses. They got married. They, they grew. That's how God is so faithful with that nation. Now, after 70 years, God is now asking Israel to return to Jerusalem, right? Where God will bring his kingdom and all the nations will see God's glory through the kingdom of Israel. So imagine this, right? After 70 years of working in Bahrain, you've saved enough money, you've saved enough wealth, and now it's time for you to go home and start your business, maybe in the U.S. or in Africa or in the Philippines. What would you feel? How would you feel if you've saved enough money to start all over back home? And not just to start all over back home. God is saying here that he will use the kingdom of Israel for people to see God's glory. So that means God will bless Israel so much that people will see God's glory through them. In our time right now, it means that God has blessed you with so much that God, the people around you back at home will see God's generosity and blessings through you. And when if I just want to ask you right now, what's the most expensive thing that you have? Asan, what's the most expensive thing that, thing, thing that you have? Your phone, right? <laughs> what's the most expensive thing that you have right now? Right? What's the biggest amount of savings that you have in your bank? The, the, the biggest amount. Now multiply that into 10, multiply that into 100, multiply that into millions, but that won't compare to the glory of God. That's the hope that was being given to these people. But instead of being thankful, you know did how, did it, how did they respond? They responded complaining. They responded complaining. And I don't know about you. When God blesses you, are you thankful or do you complain? When God blesses you, blesses you even with a small thing, are you thankful or do you complain? It's Ramadan right now. It's Ramadan right now, and and I got I still get this opportunity to drink and eat in the office. But how do I respond? I complain. Instead of being thankful, I complain. And it's the same thing that the, it's the same thing uh, that Israel did. And we see that in verse 27. It says here, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? So it's Jacob and Israel speaking. My way is hidden from the Lord. Why? Verse chapter 40 talks about God blessing the nation of Israel. Chapter 40 talks about God, uh, you know, all-powerful God blessing this nation of Israel. And their response is complaint. He further complains, they, the, another complaint that they have is that their right is disregarded by their God. Instead of praising the Lord, instead of thanking the Lord for their blessings, the nation complained that God acted as though he didn't know their situation and he had no concern from them. The problem with the people back then is that the, instead of seeing God at work, they looked at their circumstances. They looked at the travel that they had ahead of them. 
They look at how they will bring their families back home. Instead of seeing God in their circumstances, they let their circumstance dictate who they are. Now, I don't know about you, but what is your first response when a challenge comes? What is your first response when a problem comes? Is it to complain or is it to ask God for help? I, for one, right, my first response sometimes would be to complain. And, and every time I do that, I find myself repenting. Why? Because I serve an awesome God. Isaiah 40 speaks about the greatness of God, His omnipotence, and that He is all-powerful. Verse 9, 40 verse 9 says this, Go up to a high mountain, right, O Zion, herald of good news, lift up your voice with strength. And you're talking here with the nation that has been exiled. And yet God is asking them with uh, strength, lift up their voices. O Jerusalem, herald of good news. And this is the promise. Lift it up. Fear not. Fear not what's ahead. Fear not what's in front of you. Fear not your circumstance. And say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Have we done that in our, po in our, in our problems? Have we stood in front of our challenges and said, You don't have power over me. I am a child of God. Here's a promise, verse 12. Who has, uh, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. Chapter 40, verse 12. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosoms and gently lead those who are with young. This is the promise of God that is being laid down to the nation of Israel. And yet, their response is complaint. And this is the God who's making, this is the resume of God who's making that promise. Right? Who has measured, verse 12, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and mark of the heavens with a span. And I don't know if you saw the Hubble telescope pictures. And if you see those pictures, you will see Earth is just a speck. That you might need a microscope to look, to find Earth. And yet God has measured the galaxy, the world, everything that we knew by a span. That's how big our God is. And not only that, God is so great, God is so amazing that He created everything just by speaking it out. Just by speaking it out. And He knows every star by name. And yet, He is personal. He is personal in so to us so much that He knows the number of our hair. Matthew 10, 26 says this, Are not sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. Not one of those sparrows will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. He knows the number of our hair. Sooner or later, my hair will be 10 maybe or 20. I don't know. It's falling down. 
It's getting lost. But God knows every number of them. I'm looking around for Yobi. Yobi is not here. Right? I think he left. Right? His hair is zero. Right? And he says, verse 31, Fear not, therefore you are more value than many sparrows. The God who created the universe, the God who created the world just by speaking, the vo- his, by speaking it out, by commanding it, is so personal that He knows you inside out. He knows you inside out. And He even sent His Son to die for you and me. What's my point here? My point here is this. We are all precious in God's eyes. He has never neglected us. He has never left us. We are precious to Him. Now, have you seen a lens or a telescope? I think I have a picture. The funny thing about the telescope is that when you look at it, it either makes the object closer, and if you turn around, turn it around, it makes it farther. Right? That's, that's, that's the funny thing about the lens of the telescope. Now, if you see your circumstance, if you see God through your circumstance, rather, God will seem small. But the proper way to use it is to see your circumstance through the lens of God. And you will see your circumstance cannot compare to God. There's no problem that God cannot solve. There's no problem, there's no challenge that God cannot solve. Right? There's no hardships that God cannot ask and cannot just pull you out and save you. That's how awesome and how powerful our God is. My question is this. When was the last time you asked God for strength? Does your life reflect a life that is being strengthened by God? Or does your life reflect a life that has been overcome by his circumstance. You have access to the power of God. He knows you inside and out. He is there with you. And he hears your prayer. He is there for you. And he's more than enough to meet every one of your needs. But question is, do you tap into that? Or do you tap out? We get tired because we wrestle with things of this world. Deadlines, targets, budgets. We get tired of all of that. Pressures in the office, we get tired of all of that. But are you, question is, are you getting tired because you forgot to tap onto God's promise? Are you getting tired because you just rely on your own strength and on your own wisdom? You have access to that power. We need to rely on God. We need to trust His Word. I know sometimes it hurts when you read the Bible in the morning. It hurts uh, to read the Word of God. And it sometimes, you know, He asks you to do some uncertain things. And, and just this week, I got so mad at my boss that in the morning when I was reading, my, when I was doing my devotion, and, and, and God was speaking to me and saying, forgive him, forgive him, forgive him. And I just said, Lord, do I really have to forgive him? It's just so hard to forgive because if I forgive him, he's going to do it again tomorrow. And if I forgive him, he's just going to do it over and over again. Let's be honest right here. Obeying God 
is tiring only when we are apart from Him. Obeying God is exhausting when we are apart from God. Isaiah, uh, in verse 29, it says here, He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. 40 verse 29. This is a promise and a warning. This is a promise in the morning. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. But what about the proud? What about the ambitious one? What about those who rely on their wisdom? What happens to them? Do they still get to, you know, get to be strengthened by the Lord? You see, some of us, if we find ourselves in a position, in a, in a place where we realize that we rely too much on our own strength and we rely too much on our wisdom, that's a good position to be in. Because that's when you can repent and ask God to partner with you and to mold you and to shape you to the man and woman that he has, man, he has planned you to be or he has, he has meant you to be. To those who are proud and confident in their own strength, they will not receive strength from God, I'll be frank. But if you realize that you're in that spot right now, it's a good spot to be. Because now God can partner with you and advance His kingdom in this world. Verse 30, it says here, Even youth shall faint and be weary. Right? Last Friday, um, the music team, uh, they were... They played in the morning service and they played in the afternoon service. And after the afternoon service, they carried all of these to the house and they set up and, and, and they set up and, and then they played again throughout the night. <laughs> That's how tired the music team was. And even no matter how strong they are right now, their youth shall faint, even youth shall faint their weary. And young men shall fall exhausted. And, and I'm proud to share to you my wallpaper in the house. This is my computer wallpaper. It says here, it's, it's Master Ugwe. And uh, the guys were debating earlier if it was Leonardo or Donatello. But they finally agreed that it's Leonardo. Right? It's the Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Right? Children, right now, enjoy your youth because you will be old like them. Not me. Now, the words faint and powerless, let's go back to that verse. Verse 30, the words faint and powerless, that describes who? Who does the word faint and powerless um, describe? Who? Who is faint? Who is powerless? You know what, the, who, what those words describe? It describes us describes us because of the hardness of life because of the difficulties that we face every single day you know what work religion school because of the demands of our parents parents will ask you study in the morning study in the afternoon study in the evening even in your sleep study uh, actually saying <laughs> because of all these demands all of us will get tired it doesn't matter if you're a parent, if you're a daughter or a son. It doesn't matter. 
all of us at one point will get tired. About a week ago, I was asked by my boss to do a uh, digital marketing strategy. And to them, it's just easy. You, know, you just go to Instagram, select your people, and then just post. Right? But there's a lot more things that are, that are part of a digital marketing strategy. And I said, I thought it was only for one country. He asked me to do a digital marketing strategy for the GCC. And then he asked me to do a digital marketing strategy for the whole of the region. And then the US. And then UK, Italy, and Germany. He asked me to do a digital marketing strategy for that. And that's okay. Problem is, I'm a web developer. And that's not, that's not supposed to be my job. And there's another problem with that. It was a Thursday afternoon. And he wanted me to present all of that on Sunday. That means I had to work on a Friday, on a Saturday, so that I can present it on a Sunday. And I felt all the fruits of the Spirit falling down. <laughs> it was falling down, I tell you. I, 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 I just told my boss, you know what, boss, it's not my job. Give, ring, give me my termination letter, I'll sign it immediately. I told him that. But then, Friday came. Anthony was preaching. And just God just reminded me, you know what? I created the universe. I created life. I created all of that. I am the God of the impossible. I can help you do that. End of the story, I still did it. But I'm not finished yet. I just asked God for a favor and they extended my deadline. I was supposed to present last week, end of last week. But God did something I'm presenting after one month. After one month. God brought my CEO, our CEO to the U.S. and he's coming back next month. My point is this. When we are weak, let me go back to that question earlier. When we are weak, do we tap on to God's strength? When was the last time you tapped on the power of God? When was the last time you asked God, Lord, renew my strength? When was the last time you did that? God is an awesome God. He is an all-powerful, ever-present. He never left you. He is willing and eager to strengthen you. But there is a requirement. There's a requirement. And this requirement is also for our good. It says in verse 31, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. If you want God's mercy, if you want God's grace, if you want God's power, we have to wait on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord does not mean sitting idly. It's not that. Waiting on the Lord is not just lying under a tree and waiting for the apple to fall. That's not, that's not God's waiting. Waiting on the Lord means actively seeking Him. Waiting on the Lord is meditating on His Word. And when the Word does not compute, and when the Word is uncertain in your eyes, it's also meditating on His character. Because He is good. Waiting, waiting on the Lord means holding on to His promises. Praying constantly. 
seeking to glorify Him and not ourselves. That's what it means to wait on the Lord. And I'm not being legalistic here. I'm just stating the truth in the obvious. If we want to experience His grace, His strength, His goodness, and His mercy, we are asked to wait on the Lord. In a world where everything is instant, instant coffee, right, instant tea, instant boyfriend or girlfriend even, waiting becomes difficult. We need to learn to trust the Lord in our time of waiting. Are you doing that lately? Or are you doing everything because you think that you have the strength to do it? And where is that bringing you? Is it bringing you success? And if it is bringing you success, is it temporary? I'm sure it is. I have the confidence to say that because I did that long ago. I relied on my own strength. I relied, relied on, on, my, on my own wisdom. And that got me nowhere. And this is the problem of the Israelites back then. In the 70 years that they were in exile, yes, they were waiting on the Lord, but they were not seeking Him. And that's why they are complaining, Lord, you've left us. Lord, you forgot our life. Lord, you were not here during the exile because they didn't seek God in their circumstances. Are you looking for God in your circumstances? Because your circumstance does not dictate who you are. It never is. It doesn't dictate who you are. It doesn't say, if you're, if you're poor right now, I'm telling you, you're not poor. You're being blessed by the Lord. If you're sick right now, I'm telling you, you're not sick. You're in a place where God can heal you. If you're in sin right now, I'm telling you, you're not in sin. You're in a place right now where God can redeem you and bring you back to His kingdom. But are you seeking Him as you wait? God has never left you. He has never forsaken you. He is always there beside you. And here's the promise for the people that seek God. Verse 31, it says here, He shall renew our strength. And to renew means to exchange. It's, it means like when our passports expire, we surrender our passports and we get a new one. That's what renewal means. We get a new one. We take off our old passports, we take off all, all our old self, and we exchange our weakness with what? With the power of God. And it's okay to be weak. I'm not saying it's not okay to be weak. It's okay to be weak. Like that Korean uh, series, it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to be weak. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, 10, Paul says this, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness. Why? So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, persecution, and calamities. For when I am weak, 
then I am strong. Paul saw his circumstance. There was a thorn in his flesh. Satan harasses him day in and day out. Three times he pleaded to the Lord, take this away from me. But what did the Lord reply? He said, my grace is sufficient for you. Like what I said earlier, our circumstance does not define us. It's the Lord who does. Only those who trust in God's perspective, only those who trust in His commands shall have wings like eagles and fly, shall run and not be weary. Only those who believe and submit to His word can experience God's power in their daily lives. The heroes of the Bible, Moses, David, Joseph, the heroes of faith in the Bible, the apostles, they were not the people who were seemingly flying. Right? They were not the people who were great. They were broken people like you and me who answered the call to go when, when God asked them to go. My question to you this afternoon is, are you willing to go? Are you willing to ask for God's strength so that He can use us to reach out to the next generation? If you're that person who's willing, I invite you to stand up with me. If you're willing to go and reach out to the next generation, I invite you to stand with me. God is bringing people to church. If you want to go, if you want to, if you're willing to be used by God, stand with me. Thank you so much for answering the call. Allow me the privilege to pray for you. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for these men and women who have answered the call to go and reach out to the next generation. Father, I pray right now, Lord God, that as they obediently say yes to engage this nation, to bless this nation, to engage the next generation, Lord, because they are the future leaders, Lord. Father, I pray right now that you give them the strength. Lord, give them the wisdom that they need. Lord, let them soar like eagles, Father. Let them run and not be weary, Father, as they walk with you. Father, I pray right now, Lord God, that you reveal to them, Lord, revelations, Lord, that are fresh. And right now, Lord God, I just ask, Lord, that you anoint them, Lord, to bless the next generation leaders. Father, I pray, Father, that you give them opportunities, Lord, to share your gospel, not only to their families, Lord, but even to their neighborhoods. Not only to their neighborhoods, Lord, but, but even in their offices. And Father, I pray right now, Lord God, that you will allow them to experience your presence, Lord, in whatever their circum circumstance, circumstance that they are in. Father, here we are. Send us. Send us, Lord, to a world that needs your hope, 
so a word that needs for mercy and your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's all lift our hands to receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. I hope to see you again next week.